Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello everybody and you're all very welcome to another episode of the Tommy Tiernan podcast. I got quite religious when I was in my mid-teens. It was around about the time that I first started listening to the Water Boys. Uh, you saw the whole of the moon, spirit, this is the sea. Those albums triggered something in me as well as a kind of consciousness that wanted to refuse that which was on offer. And that which was on offer was kind of academic success. And as a teacher in Garbally, the career guidance teacher said to me, you're here to get a good leave insert and that's it. And it was a Catholic boarding school, which... Not only did we have to go to prayer twice a day, you'd rise up at a quarter past seven and I think you had to be down at prayer at ten past eight or something like that after breakfast. And there was prayer in the evening and there was mass every day and there was benediction on a Sunday, which is a wonderful ceremony of singing and the priest walking around. I think it was, um, I can't remember the name of the yoke. Do you only see these, you see it in... Greek Orthodox and Serbian churches, the guy with the 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 swinging yoke, and it's full of smoke, and he's he's swirling smoke around. We had that, and it was fantastic. So I'm, there was a library there full of books about Jesus, and that combined with Mike Scott uh, <laughs> singing, "You better turn your back on all these useless things." Um. So I became very religious and for about a year and a half I was uh, miserable until one day I was just, it was a wrong type of Catholicism that was in my head. It was oppressive, it was personality crushing. I had no guide and my teenage self wasn't able to cope really with the guidance that I was trying to give myself. I was in school English class one afternoon and I read this poem called The Collar by George Herbert. And it fucking struck me like a bolt of lightning. The poem starts off, I struck the board and cried no more, I will abroad. 
And something, I read those words and I just said, fuck it. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not. And I could feel a great breeze of relief flowing through me. Um, Now, I've maintained an interest and a passion for Catholicism, maybe. Christianity, definitely. Uh, Since then, but that was a real moment for me of of giving up the struggle and it felt good. But I was watching a documentary the other day called Extreme Pilgrim and it's on it's on the YouTube and it's about this fella an English vicar who goes off trying different um religions the extreme versions of them like he lives with kung fu monks in China and do you know the the Indian lads covered in muck, running around in the nip, and the lad hopping from thigh to thigh with the long beards, and it looks like they're smoking dope and haven't they've big kind of hedgehogs of hair in their head and they're running down to the Ganges. He lives with them for a little while. The one that really caught my imagination was he headed off to the Egyptian desert to live in a cave, just like the extreme Christians of the second century and these guys would live in caves their whole life and just pray and pray and pray and pray and he went off to try that for three weeks and there's an amazing transformation that takes place is it great to see television where it's transformative not externally transformative like I lost seven pounds and you're standing there in your half nip mortified in front of the nation an inner transformation Um, and I'd recommend it anyway, but one of the things he talked about was, he said, at every moment in our lives, we have a decision to make, you know, and he, the way he phrased it was a decision between good and evil or between the right way and the wrong way. Now, that's a very, um... That's a, that's a strange way of looking at the world, you know. Um, but I'm only relating his testimony to you. And he said that if you take the easy road all the time, you become numb. And I've definitely felt that, you know, if if there's no struggle, you become numb. And what I took from that was... It's the struggle that is life, that gives you life. It's the struggle that's invigorating. It's the struggle that sends adrenaline and drama through your body. It's the struggle that is the life force. So rather than looking at struggle as something to be avoided, perhaps we can cherish it. I mean, there'd be no struggle when you're dead, you know, unless you're arm wrestling the devil for your soul. But now is the time to relish the drama of being alive. At the same time, 
You know, there are things. That doesn't mean taking the hard road all the time. But there, and there are things to get rid of. Now, I've, I've had a major, I'm a great man for, for the drama of extremity. I'm a great man first. There's a great line from a Bob Dylan song. So I drifted down to New Orleans where I was working as a cook for a spell, but I never did like it all that much. And one day the axe just fell. So the axe, I'm a great man for swinging the axe. My father once called me, I'm a martyr without a cause, he said, of suddenly stopping stuff. I gave up drink a few years ago and I and then I, I took it up a few years after that. But I didn't need to go to AA to stop drinking. And just one day, that was it. I just stopped. Uh, in the same way, one day I just started again eight years later. But I just stopped. And... I've been I've been suffering recently with being a Liverpool supporter. I was just it was taking up too much of my psychic space. Maybe it's lockdown, but I don't think so. I just found myself like a match beyond of a Tuesday. And if it went the wrong way, you could be suffering, and I mean suffering, until the following Saturday. And it filled, it took up most of my imaginative space. And I was going, what the fuck, like? This is no way. You'd half expect it of a six-year-old. But a man in his fifties to be thinking about fucking football like this. And I've noticed this thing for years and years and years. This thing of... my mind being colonised by an obsession with something that I have no control and that I have no influence on and I'm just sitting there passive watching the television screen and their effort and their success affects my happiness. Football is such a divisive thing anyway you know but I I think Jesus this is too much this is no way for me to be living so two weeks ago just over two weeks ago now there was a big match on the telly Liverpool playing a big match in the afternoon and I I watched the first five minutes of it and I, I wasn't enjoying it nothing happened in the first five minutes really but I wasn't enjoying it So I turned off the telly and I said, one day the axe just fell. So I said, that's it. It's over. I was breaking it off with Liverpool, which is sad because I love them and I I miss them. But I know it's uh, it's not them. It's me. It's something that I have to do. So I haven't watched any soccer for about two and a half weeks now. I haven't gone looking for any results. I don't know who's playing who or when they're playing or what competitions are on or any of that kind of stuff. 
And I have to say, a good decision. My mind is free to think about other things now. I can tell you that I'm happier. Not a queer thing. I'm happier not watching the soccer. When I was about 16, uh, I was going out with this um, fine young one. Uh, as all boys and girls are at 16, you know. We went out for a couple of months and then we split up. Um, and what I noticed was that I may as well have... There were friends of mine who were friends of hers. So, and they stayed friends. They were friends of hers before I met her, while I was going out. And they were friends of hers after we were going out. So I had this very kind of intense relationship with her. And then I didn't see her at all. And I was thinking, what was the fucking point in that? Like, my friends... They're getting all the joy of a friendship. There's been no extremity in their relationship with her. And I was thinking, Jesus, isn't it a queer thing to go out with people if you're left with less than you would have had if you'd never gone out with them at all? You'd have been better off just being her friend that kind of fucking bugged me I was thinking what was the point what was the point in this intimacy if at the end of it there's an estrangement which hurts now the estrangement with Liverpool doesn't hurt but I do I do miss them you know um, but sometimes I suppose if you can identify the things in your life that uh, bring you we all have a sense of it anyway you know we all have our habits and addictions I've stopped drinking whiskey every night which is I used to have a tremendous glass of whiskey every evening and now I'm down to one a week you know on a, on a Saturday night having said that I did have some putching last night and a bottle of Guinness but I'm not on the seven nights a week thing that I used to be you know that I, th- those kind of extreme decisions of instead of struggling with moderation it's much easier just to fucking whoosh, that's it now no more there's an interesting quote from the Bible. I think Jesus is talking and he says, If thy right hand offends thee, cut it off. For it's better to walk around one-handed than to be cast into the fires of hell. If thine right eye offends thee, pluck it out. For it is better to be walking around with a cycloptic one-eyed head in you than to be cast forevermore into the fires of hell. 
so that thing of not to be afraid of the extreme decision you know um, not to be afraid of the drama of I struck the board and cried no more I will abroad but the struggle is good you know we see the joy of struggle most obviously in sport where it's great effort great planning tremendous concentration pressure and an attempt to perform to the best of your ability the total focus that that takes and you would call it a struggle but in sport we can see the joy of it I remember being at a a wedding years ago and the father of the groom got up to make a speech and uh, I knew I kind of knew the family you know um, and the himself and his wife let's just say they had a they had a turbulent relationship you, you know the house there was fuck all feathers in the house but a lot of thorns husband and wife tearing shreds out of one another thriving almost on the anger of their relationship the habit of it like just the east enders of it just barking and sniping and each one of them looking for a verbal victory just where you said that why fucking you said that and tension everywhere tension that didn't even that never got relieved through intercourse that's one of the things I, you know I've noticed as well you know sometimes all you need sometimes everything is healed with a ride and isn't a ride a beautiful word it's so Irish and has notions of fresh air in it doesn't it you can almost smell flowers in it a ride it's lovely it sounds like cordroy and hash it's, it's a kind of it is a nice a ride Should no harm can come in a ride you know did you ride her I got rode I know but this particular couple no riding all shouting no no spuds all vinegar like just tough country tough country and this fella stood up anyway and um, he was to give uh, a short speech at his son's wedding and he said um, and I could I looked at his wife and she was fucking staring at him through beady hateful do you know the kind of hateful spiteful narrow vicious vinegar eyes she just fucking she despised the air he inhaled everything about him just made her want to stab him and he got up and he said uh, I want to just congratulate Morris uh, on, on getting wedding and I, I, I want to welcome Tallulah to the family and uh, 
Myself and, and Doreen now, we've been married for 40 years. And, and, and people started clapping. You know. And it was, I wonder, was that moment of applause, however long it lasted, five or ten seconds, people were clapping because they were kind of going, fucking, you'll not get another 40 out of it anyway. They were kind of going, well done. Well done. And he, he was bringing the struggle of his marriage to another man's wedding table. And and people said, well done. Now, I'm not saying that the the 40 years of... of now, there must have been a few good years in it, but... I'm not saying that the four decades of fighting were worth the five seconds of applause that he got that beautiful Saturday afternoon in the county of Cork. But I remember thinking, Jesus, that's a... What a thing to declare with pride. Like, You know, he was, he was proud of the fact that they'd stayed together with that level of animosity. For that long. Perhaps I'm just excited at new territory. So this new territory of not watching the soccer. And I'm sure that sounds really trivial to people. But a lot of people will also recognise the territory I'm talking about of where your mind just becomes obsessed with soccer you know it's probably a sign of the eternal adolescence of men these days but it does feel good tinged with sadness and tinged with a bit of effort as well because it there are certain channels that you can't turn on, certain parts of the newspapers that you, you don't open. It takes a bit of guile to navigate through the breakup, to stay free. But maybe the freedom is an illusion and maybe it's only the the buzz of the new territory that I'm excited by. I'm a, I'm a fierce man for buzzes. Sometimes I think my, my whole day is just one one hop from, that I'm hopping from buzz to buzz all day long. At 6.30, I get up and I then have a, I have a meditation buzz. And then there's a, there's a little vibration that happens to the brain. There's, it's a kind of a self-stoning. Some sort of beta waves kick in. And it's a, it is, it's, it's, a, it's a hashless high. And then I have a, a coffee buzz, a tremendous treble espresso. And my mind is fucking flying on that. And then I have a bit of uh, food, a lovely sweet breakfast buzz. And then I have uh, another coffee buzz. And then I come down to the shed and I love the walking down to the shed buzz. I open the door and I, I close the door. I pull across the curtains and daddy has to do a bit of work now. So I sit down and I feel the freedom buzz. And then I have a cigar buzz. 
all the way from Raul Castro, the commander-in-chief of Cuba. And then I have a, a revive buzz. Do you know that stuff you can get in the chemist? It costs 900 quid or something like that. Sachets of vitamins. I have a, that kind of a buzz and I have a lunch buzz. And then I have a doldrum buzz. That's when all the goodness of in that's when all the you're feeling the to the the tide came in with the cigars like there was a, a stone off that and then there was the all the coffee and so you're you're there's a there's great waves crashing in your mind and you're splashing it around in them and you're thinking and then but the tide has to go out so they're the doldrums but there's a bit of a buzz off that as well <laughs> you're so negative you're so down so I go through that and then I have an espresso, another espresso buzz. And then I have to take the dogs for a walk buzz. Out in the fresh air up the bog road. I do have awful crack myself and the dogs. And then there's the, the dinner buzz. Oh, lovely roast potatoes and roast vegetables and a, a bit of salt. And then I have uh, a sleepy buzz. Then I fall asleep between half six and eight o'clock I'm out for the fucking count and then I have then I wake up from the sleep and then I I go on me whiskey buzz and then I then I go to bed and I read about God and I get I get me holy buzz so maybe my whole day is just a search for a different state of mind or something I came across a phrase recently, maybe I dreamt it or read it, but that very few of us have the courage to be bored. You know, that when you feel bored and restless, not to be looking for the next stimulant or distraction, but to have the courage to sit with it, because maybe my suspicion is that the door into a particular type of impermanent peace and joy at the ordinary is through the door called boredom but the, the door the doors marked deadly buzz. There's good crack in them, like, but they just lead to other doors called deadly buzz. The boredom one is the interesting one. And this queer phrase I came across it is in the doldrums that we make most progress. Hmm. So just to recap on today's little <laughs> adventure is that the struggle is good. The struggle is very good. The struggle is is life. Thank you very much for listening. See you next time. This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Hold up. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 